kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. And I think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer. For the summer. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. I take her if I have one wish. She's been gone since that summer. Since that summer. Pop marmalade, spick and span Met you one summer and it all began You're the best girl that I ever did see The great Larry Bird jersey, 33 When you take a sip, you buzz like a hornet Billy Shakespeare wrote a whole bunch You're of songs You're listening to 2, 5, and 10 Your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart Can you hear me now? Because this is what we're going with <laughs> Having trouble recording? I found a laptop. We're in now. Benny, we had some signings. What up, baby? Laptop is found. Vacation, well, first vacation weekend is over. Uh, free agency has started. So we're right in that uh, the Goldilocks zone, like the astro- uh, astronomers like to call it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the bubble. The perfect time of July to get an episode in uh, before vacation number two. So. Uh, yeah, free agency kicked off even before free agency started. And since we last recorded, there have been a few uh, buyouts, a few big trades. Uh, but we'll get into all of that around the league news. Uh, but I think first, it's appropriate that we kick off with a, not a review, but I guess just a kind of a thought piece on what the Bruins have done so far uh, to kick off the summer. And same with the Rangers. Um, both teams have made a flurry of moves, uh, I think more so than either of us expected, considering our cap uh, constraints. Mm-hmm. But I think you guys, at least the reception from people around the league, have had a more lukewarm response. And I was curious on what your takeaway is from it so far. And with Krejci and Bergeron still unsigned, potentially retiring, how do you feel about having Charlie Coyles potentially 1C to kick off the year? Awful if Charlie Coyles a 1C, to be <laughs> very frank. Uh, we've done that experiment before. Him just being a 2C didn't work out. Not a 1C. He, he is great in the role that he plays as 3. I don't think he can make that jump. As for moves that we have made... Getting rid of the Taylor Hall contract and not retaining any money was huge for me. That's a great deal. Great deal. Um, I love that move. I I understand we got two kids that are, um, uh, I guess, works in progress kind of of prospects at Ian Mitchell. And how do you say the other one's last name? I I always mess up the last. Regula? Is it like a Boston, like a regular? Like a large regular? I always think a... uh, Carigula. <laughs> yeah. So uh, on that end, I mean, we got two things. We got money off the cap, which is great. Um, kudos to Nick Felino going to Chicago and getting a deal there kind of towards the end of his career. One year, but four one, mil. One year, four mil. But Nick Felino did say something on the way out. And in retrospect, I mean, he's not wrong. And, and I hope that Bruins fans understand that. They said, how do you feel about going from the team that had the best regular season record to the Chicago Blackhawks. And he said, well, we were out in the same round of the playoffs. So, well, I mean, they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> hey, he's not wrong though. We were both out in the same round. So we didn't make it as for our signings. 
Uh, I think the most underrating signing, which I love the best, the Morgan Geeky signing, I think he gives us a little bit of depth at center, whether he's going to be 3C or 4C. I think he did a great job while he was in Seattle. Plays. He can play the wing. Games. Like, like he's definitely someone that you can put in certain spots, which I like. Now, this is where I may differ from other people. Milan Lucic, daddy's coming home. I love it. One year, one million. I'm not mad about that. I think that's fair contract. We have James Van Riedensdijk come in. Same thing. One year, one million. I'm fine with that. We have the Shat Daddy come in. Kevin Shattenkirk, one year, one million. Great. These are established NHL guys. That's fine. My issue is it seems like we're going to the over 55 retirement community. We're not completely retired yet. You know, you can get into the community a little bit younger than 62, 65, but we're getting there. And it does not make me feel a breath of fresh air going towards it. We have $6 million left on the cap. We have Trent Frederick and Jeremy Swayman, both who need to be re-signed, both RFAs. I'm curious to see how the money goes. Don Sweeney and Cam Neely came out before free agency and said, we are approaching this as if we are not re, uh, as if Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci aren't coming back. So I don't think that even whatever we do with Freddie and Swayman, we're not going to have money for the other two either way. No. So I, I think this is kind of what we're dealing with. I mean, I'm, they can take the uh, one year league minimum of bonuses. Well, they did that last year and it killed us. So we can't do it again. It would just have to be a league minimum. Take it or leave it. Um, I'm very surprised that Matt Grizzlick hasn't been traded and it's not that I don't like Grizz. I just thought that for them trying to open up salary, I think a guy who only has one year left on his deal till UFA, that's almost 4 million off the cap. Uh, Derek Forbert, kind of the same thing. Another 3 million off the cap. We did buy out Mike Riley. That's fine. I, I got no problem with that. I just think that the moves that we made, Let's call it the way it is. Last year was a shot in the dark. No one expected them to get the the record for amount of wins in a season. That's yeah. fine. That Okay, no problem. But for the lineup or the people that you just added to this lineup, you are going on a past hope. You are going off, well, Milan Lucic in this league once scored 30 goals in a season. You're right. James Van Riesdijk did too. Shit, Kevin Shattenkirk was a great defenseman at one point. I don't think they're there anymore. I, I no. hate to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, like, the thing, I guess my question is, Luch is not, he's basically going to be the 12th and 13th forward. Yes. Yep. 100%. For the most part. Mm-hmm. Now, with Shattenkirk, I know you guys let Riley go. Is he going to be starting over Zaboral? Is Zaboral going to be the 17 Shattenkirk's playing third pair right side? that's what I don't know. Like, like, that's like my wonder. It's like, you still got Mack and Lindholm, you got Grizz and Carlo. And then, yeah, if Forbird and whether it's a Borel or Shattenkirk and, and I honestly don't think at this point you can start Shattenkirk over Zaboral just because Zaboral needs time there. Cause yeah. at the end of the next year, you're not going to re-sign Shattenkirk over Zaboral. If they're both on one year till UFA, you're just not going to do it. But yeah, then so... it's like, if Lowry can pop in training camp, Mason Lowry, and crack the lineup, one of these guys is going to have to go. So that's the other thing, too, about keeping a spot open for somebody who earns a spot in camp. Mm-hmm. The Shattenkirk deal doesn't allow you to do that. Is Shattenkirk better than Mike Riley? Yes. 
Yeah, 100%. Who's a better fit? If you want Zaboral to start and you want a guy who can be the seventh and jump in and be familiar with the system and also be easy to bury or get rid of if, you, if one of the kids earns a spot, you're not going to put Shattenkirk on waivers at a training camp so then a kid's guaranteed to start in Providence. And yeah. then you might be taking a rate of time from Zaboro because you want to see Shattenkirk get up and running in a system. Maybe we can catch lightning at a bottom. Before you know it, you're 35 games in. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that too. I, I didn't I didn't like the Shattenkirk sign. I think he's an okay player. But coming into what we have, he's a seventh defenseman, maybe a sixth, depending. But I mean, we got Ian Mitchell, we got regular, both who played regular season games last year. Yeah. So if if they're both there. What are we not going to do it to hurt, not hurt Shattenkirk's failings? Like I, I don't know. And then, like you said with Swayman, you said there was the the rumor of a Allmark for Nugent Hopkins trade, which is almost too good to be true for both teams. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, on paper, it's a perfect fit, uh, contract wise, need wise, everything. If a deal like that does happen, so you trade on Mark, you give a bridge deal to Swayman so he can prove he's a legitimate one. You bring in, I don't know, you can bring in Halak to be the backup. Yeah. Um, Nugent Hopkins then comes in. Is he your? He would obviously be your one C. Yes, one hundred percent. Two would be Zaka. Mm-hmm. Three coil four. Frederick, let's say. Frederick, we, Geeky, someone. Yeah, yeah. We, we'd, we'd find a way to fill it. Yep. Yeah, and Geeky can play the wing too. And then think him being a pretty – he's underrated all around, to be honest. But he's a very good penalty killer. So if you lose an Bergeron, that's going to help. Yeah, he's a big body too. That's the only thing I can imagine that's going to take your offseason right now from like, eh, to, okay, we have a roster here. I feel like you guys right now have – depth but no like getting over the hump type of forward group your defense is fine your goaltending is fine your forward group is a hope and a prayer uh, i <laughs> mean yeah pasta i know you have marshan but like down the middle it's very after that, scary where do you go yeah yeah so i think a trade like that for a legitimate top two center is the way you need to go if the only way to get that done is trading Swayman and you have to keep Allmark. Are you okay with that, or is Swayman untouchable? No, I'd be fine with that. Okay. No, I, I think in Because Allmark isn't old, so. No, Allmark's not that old. I, I just think he was a little overpaid coming into the deal, and now everyone's going to say, he's not overpaid, he just won a Vezina. Like, yeah, I know. But saying, <laughs> okay, I, I watch it too. But the other part of it was like, coming into it, everyone's going, we gave a goalie from Buffalo $5 million. Now, because he wins a Vezner, he's fucking untouchable, apparently. But Yeah, I mean, if Swayman got the same amount of starts as Olmark, Swayman wouldn't win a Vezina. Yeah, I mean, they won the Jennings Trophy. They had a very good split. Um, my only other thing, too, was thinking about it earlier. I, I thought I had the remedy in my own mind beforehand of we trade Swayman, Grizzlick. Uh, well, we don't have a pick, so probably a prospect to Winnipeg. We bring in Hellebuck, and then we trade Olmark to get Nugent Hopkins to Edmonton. So now we have our center. We have a goalie. We can sign Hellebuck to an extension. 
and then we have the three goalies in Providence to, you know, yeah. add on to that. That was my thinking. I mean, it could still happen, and Connor hasn't been dealt yet. Well, the only other question in our variable right now is, look at Gibson. Allegedly, Gibson told Anaheim, I am not playing another game for you. So, Gibby's on the market. That's the thing. I'm surprised, because the free agent market for the goaltenders wasn't that great to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you take Anderson and Ranta, who stayed in Carolina, because Carolina just has a hard-on for getting knocked out in the second round. Um, they're the two best talents on the market that's available in the league. So the fact that Pittsburgh's like, you know what, we're going to sign Jari and keep him. I was like, that's a weird move. I was like, of course it's Dubas doing the same thing with the fucking goaltending that he did in Toronto. Um, instead of going for the home run, he's like, you know what? I'm so smart. I can kind of nibble around the edges and figure it out. Um, but Gibson and Hellebuck out there. The longer they stay out there, the more I think a team like Boston can be like, nobody thinks we need a goaltender, so we can come in on a DL, ship out one of our guys for maximum return, and at the same time, get it probably a little less than market value and get one of these guys. Yeah, on the other end. Yep. Yeah. So that the longer they stay out there, the more it opens that up um, to happening. One of those two... Obviously, it's not going to Boston, maybe even both. What teams? I know Edmonton wants a goaltender. I don't think they can afford Hellebuck. I don't think they, they can probably barely afford Gibson. Um, Carolina made their stance with their two goaltenders, and they still have the kid in an A. Pittsburgh seems to be hitching their wagon to Jari. Is it Buffalo? Buffalo has been, been awkwardly quiet about it. And and I'm wondering if it is Buffalo because they're starting to make some moves to now try to become a contender. I think the only thing with Buffalo right now, they got to get their way out of is they have 25 NHL contracts. You only have 23. So, so they got to back their way out a little bit or or trade some people out of there. I just I would have said Ottawa, but then they gave a fucking five year deal at Corpusalo. That's yeah, a horrendous move. They, they signed Corpusalo. The Islanders gave uh, Sorokin Sorokin the extension. I mean, I I don't think Washington's in the in the market for one. I mean, Calgary could be in the market for one with Markstrom. I I just the way he went there last year and it just wasn't good. I just I don't know what to expect. I mean, you know who I think makes the move now that we're talking it out? The Kings. To finally just lock someone in? Yeah. Because I know they brought back uh, from when, from uh, Vegas. What's his name? Uh, God. The King? Wait, the Kings from Vegas? No, the, the goaltender that was in Vegas last year. He played... Oh, no, he went back to Winnipeg. Sorry, didn't go to LA. Yeah, I was good. you were talking about Scott. Yeah, 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 I, was like, yeah. I, was like, I was thinking, I was like, no, Hill came from yeah, LA San Jose. Talbot. Yeah, LA signed Talbot, and he's a backup. They, they basically have three backups right now, and I think you can easily get rid of Riddich or a Copley for one of these guys. And when you make a move that you've been making where you kind of start emptying out your farm system for Gavrikov and then you trade Jersey and you bring in PLD. You can't go into that and have 
a back of goaltender starting. Yeah, it doesn't work too good. So I know they're in the same division as Anaheim. I don't know if that's a prohibitive thing to get Gibson, but at this point, I don't think Winnipeg cares if he goes to LA, if they trade Hellebuck. I know that they just signed him, um, and now they have goalies there. But Detroit, if they were finally going to start trying to make a move forward, it would be there. I mean, they got Huso in that. I'm never the big, biggest fan of Billy Huso. They signed Reimer to the one-year deal, but then they just traded for Lyon. So I just – maybe that's where they're going, trying to extend him and figure out the other end. But. I don't get what Eisman is doing, man. Like last summer and now so far this summer, it's like, all right, I'll just sign really cheap reclamation projects, and that's all he does in free agency. He's not making any moves to like kind of expedite his rebuild. When they interviewed him at the draft, I, I thought his – answers were a little suspect when they had brought it up and he's like well yeah i mean obviously we're still at no point of contention we're trying to rebuild through the draft and i'm like stevie you've been there five years now bud like (laughs) you had like 18 picks in this year's draft alone like i think you're done building (laughs) yeah like you know you gotta go other places but yeah that one kind of caught me off guard just the way that he said it i was like oh Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, they signed Comfer, who's a third-line center to a $5 million deal. They brought in Cop, another third-line winger or forward, last offseason. But there's just no move that's like, all right, Detroit's finally making a push. Like what Ottawa did last summer is what I expected Detroit to do this summer. Yeah, finally be all in. Yep. Yeah, it's just not happening. So maybe the whole Ottawa thing scared off rebuilding teams to jump in too soon. <laughs> But you just you brought in your own coach last year. Now you're on year two with this guy. Like eventually, you either put up or shut up, and you can't rebuild for eleven years. And then be like, all right, now we're ready to compete. Um, before we get into the league stuff, the last thing I have for the Bruins is if there's no other move, let's say there's no trade for a center. This is your roster going into training camp. How do you, do you feel good? about playoff chances like how drastic of a drop-off do you feel this could be significant um i think you can't rely completely on the goaltending like you did last year to to sneak you out of games i I know the defense is primarily the same but i i do think you also have to put pucks in the net so problematic on my end is we saw the push that was at the end there buffalo made a push ottawa made a push Toronto did get better. Tampa kind of stayed mute. Florida stayed mute. So who knows what you will get out of Florida. But yeah, I I think the Bruins are are in a tough spot here to try to get into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, the Eastern Conference as a whole is, it used to be the West for a few years there. Now it's the East where if you, if you slack, one off season or one trade deadline, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like you're fighting for your playoff life. And I think there are a few teams that are in that position now, like Ottawa. I know they didn't make the playoffs last year, but everybody thought they would be better than they were. They made a late push. Like you said, they bring in Corpus and then you might be trading to bring it. And it's like, okay, great. Like, what are you doing to keep pushing? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so on the flip side, we'll jump to my boys in New York. 
So again, I think our cap situation situation was even worse than yours heading into free agency. All you were reading about was the Rangers can't really afford to do anything. They have $11 million in cap space and they still need to sign uh, Keandre Miller and Alexi Lafreniere and fill out the roster. Um, how they're going to fill out the forward group. They have no right wingers except for Kako. Are they going to buy out Goodrow? Like all this stuff to make room. And then a free agency starts. The Rangers don't buy out Goodrow during that buyout period. They let Halak go, which I thought was a little odd. They sign Quick to be the new backup goaltender, even though he's been a pile of seeming dog shit for the last three years. Um, I guess because he he's from Connecticut. So like, hey, let's bring him in instead of a capable guy who's been in the room for a year in Halak. And then the big signing was the Blake Wheeler one-year deal, $800,000, $300,000 in performance bonus because he's over 35. So even if he hits bonus, $1.1 million for one year, he's 36. Nobody expected that to happen. Everybody expected him to sign one two-year deal for a couple million dollars a year. Didn't happen. Ends up in New York. Now, the general reaction has been, wow, I can't believe you got Blake Wheeler for $800,000. Chris Drury is amazing. This is incredible. We have a legitimate right winger. Like I said to you over text, you, you told me to re-sign both of those guys when I was driving, and I was like, please don't be us. <laughs> Wheeler is a nice player at this point in his career. He's not a first-line forward anymore. He's not a guy. He... All right, let me get out the good here. Good playmaker, big body, doesn't get pushed around. He's not overly physical, but he doesn't shy away from it at this point. And he helps on a power play. Great. Great. Bad news. Can't skate. Doesn't play defense. Is a playmaker when we have nothing but playmakers in our forward group or guys who just don't shoot the fucking puck even though they have a good shot. Doesn't fit. I know the deal is great. I know the deal. At that point, you have to sign them. But there needs to be another shooter drop to make this work. I can't go through an 82-game regular season, Kevin, watching a line of Panarin and Wheeler pass the fucking puck to each other and nobody shoot. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't watch a line where Wheeler's on the first line with Kreider and Mika and he can't keep the fuck up. Can't I can't do it. And then if he's on the third line, okay, great. But the way Laviolette likes to use his forward group, the third line is more of a two-way line. He can't play defense and he can't skate. So he's not getting in on a four check and he's not getting on a back on a back check. Doesn't fit there. The power play, the issue for our power play, even though it's been really good, hasn't been the lack of a playmaker because we had Kane. We tried to pigeonhole him into our power play and they threw everything off. It's a finisher. That's why we that's why we made the initial trade for Tarasenko. Kane kind of fell into our laps. That was an afterthought. We went after Tarasenko because he was a shooter, a finisher for the power play and at even strength. Now we bring in another pass for a guy who can't play defense and doesn't skate for a team that just got eliminated by the younger New Jersey Devils, who all they do is fucking skate past you and drive the drive the puck, and have puck possession. If we were in a seven-game matchup with the Devils, 
and we lose Tarasenko and Kane, and now we bring in Wheeler, we don't make it to seven. Like, we're not better in a head-to-head matchup against the Devils than we were when the season ended. Like, I get things might happen. Pucks might bounce differently. Laviolette might get more shit out of some of the guys in the forward group. Great. We're slower and older. We signed Nick Benino. Great. I remember him in NHL 2K9. Like, he hasn't been viable since he left Pittsburgh, like, four years ago. They have him penciled in as the 4C. Like, he can win face-offs. Great. He can't do anything else. Can't skate either. 36, can't skate. Wheeler, 36, can't skate. We've gotten older and slower when everybody else around the league is getting younger and faster. And the only forwards... Oh, I thought you were going to say the only team that followed suit was the Bruins, but keep going. (laughs) The only team that's going to get... The only three players on the Rangers up front that are going to be younger than 31 to start the year is Hito Kako and Lafreniere. That's it. Remember when the Rangers were rebuilding and we had all these young young guys and picks and everything else? We're now the third oldest team in the league. That's a quick turnaround. Like, I think the issue that Drury has, it's like the same thing with Kane. I mean, at this cost, you have to trade for Kane. Well, at this cost, you have to sign Wheeler. There's no consideration towards team fit. It's just, well, shit, when you get a brand name like that, you have to sign him. It's the same thing as, like, if you're walking through the mall and you already have eight pairs of Nike sneakers in black and you walk past a Nike store and they're like, we're giving away Nike sneakers in black. And you're like, you know, Gotta have them. I don't need anyone, but I'm going to take one anyway. That's what Drury is doing in free agency this summer. And I don't get it. The one thing that bothers me the most about the Wheeler signing is there was a guy. Now, Monday morning quarterback, whatever you want. I know maybe he didn't even want to come to New York. Like I know there's a lot of factors. But the one guy I wanted to come here signed a, a cheaper deal than Wheeler signed with us to go play in Edmonton, Connor Brown. I wanted that fucker so bad to play on our second line with Panarin because we've been missing somebody who at five on five drives play, plays physical, and gets in on a four check since Foss left. And Panarin has been looking for a right winger that compliments him like that ever since. We could add Connor Brown for even cheaper than Wheeler, which would have been a better team fit, not as much of a brand name, not as much of a past Hall star, but a better team fit. And he went to Edmonton for a cheaper Wissan Wheeler. That one really grinded my gears when I saw that happen. I was like, fuck, that's a guy that they should have went after. But because Wheeler, if they switch names, Brown would Wheeler would have went to Edmonton and Brown if they switched resumes, Brown would be in New York and Wheeler would be in Edmonton. That's exactly how I feel about how Jury's running things. So you bring up Benino, you bring in Wheeler, you keep Goodrow. Um, he said Lafreniere is not being dealt. So essentially what our forward group right now is, first line is Kreider, uh, Mika, Kako. Second line is Panarin, Heedle, Wheeler. Third line is Lafreniere, Trocek, Goodrow. And fourth line is VC, Bonino, and Pitlick, Tyler Pitlick. 
Holy shit, is that fucking slow. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, I can go make a sandwich before they get from one end to the other. It's not nice. You can't pick on old people. I mean, on, defensively, Fox is going to benefit tremendously from Laviolette's system. Um, Fox is going to benefit. Uh, Keandre Miller is going to benefit. And I think Zach Jones will benefit from the system. But also, the signing that they made that has gone really underreported that I really like because I know he needs to be protected uh, at five on five. But Gustafson, okay. he played with Laviolette in Washington, had a career year under him, drives to play. He's an offensive-minded guy. The thought is that it's going to be him or Zach Jones in the third pair with Schneider. I like that. Defense is fine. You have Igor in goal. In goal. Mika's going to be Mika. I don't know how much longer you can expect Kreider to score 30 a year as he enters his mid-30s. Panarin is like on some spiritual retreat shaving his head in Russia right now. And then the guys you bring in are older and slower. And then who knows what you're going to get out of Lafreniere um, or the opportunity he's going to get. Mm-hmm. The roster right now is basically done being built unless they move Goodrow. The only other news that came out today was Tarasenko fired his agent because apparently before the Rangers signed Wheeler, they offered him a one-year, $1 million deal. Tarasenko wanted to sign it. His agent didn't sign it and instead negotiated a deal with the Hurricanes. And when Tarasenko found out, he fired him. And his new agent represents 11 Rangers. Well, his new agent, too, Brisson. I mean, Brisson owes all the top guys in the league. Him and and J.P. Barry, just they have them all. Yeah. So there's a chance that Tarasenko signs another. Everybody wants to be a free agent next summer when a cap goes up. Everybody's signing cheap one-year deals just to get a contract and then play themselves into a bigger payday next July. Yeah, and I was going to say, can can we discuss that? Like, now that we got through both of our teams and we're looking at it, there has never been a free agency like this where this many Everybody's people, like, one year, I'll take it. <laughs> like, this many people ended up going through taking one-year deals with the cap going up next year in hopes of cashing in. I, I don't think I've ever seen it like this ever. And I'm not talking about just the old guys yeah. that ended up doing it. I mean, this was significant across the board. Now, let me run through some of the signings, if you don't mind. Not all, all these are one years, but then we can get into No, no, I, I'm just saying it, it was crazy. So the Predators signed Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, that's after they bought out Ryan Duch- uh, Ra- Matt Duchesne. And traded away uh, and Joe traded Ryan Johansson yeah. to Colorado. So they bring in O'Reilly. Uh, they also signed Gustav Nyquist. The Oilers, like I said, added Connor Brown. The Sabres signed Connor Clifton. They're expecting him to play more minutes than they got in Boston. So we'll see if he's actually up for that or if he's more sheltered third pair guy. Uh, I'll say Cl- uh, the Cliffy signs. can log minutes, but he's questionable sometimes. He lets his offensive, I don't want to say aggression, but uh, sometimes you just look at the play, and he gets down below that red line when he comes in with the puck, and he's completely out of the play, doesn't come back. So I, I think he's going to oh, yeah. get exposed a little bit. Um, Max Pacioretty signs a one-year deal with Washington so he can tear another Achilles uh, Dimitri Orloff signs of Carolina. Duchesne goes to the Stars, one-year deal, $3 million. Again, another one year, like you're saying. Uh, Freddie Anderson, Rathas in Carolina. Michael Bunting cashes in, goes to the Hurricanes there as well. 
uh, Alex Killorn gets a monster deal from Anaheim Ducks. Good for him, bad for Anaheim. I was going to say, yeah, you you got to uh, sign that deal if you're him. <laughs> uh, John Klingberg and Ryan Reeves go to Toronto, which was not well-received by fans and media up there. Then he, uh, traveling, then turns around and signs uh, Max Domi and... Um, Tyler Bertuzzi. Can, can, I, can, we just, yeah, Tyler Bertuzzi. can we discuss this? Too? I was going to ask. That was going to be my next question was... Petruzzi signs a one-year deal for, what, five and a half million? Five and a half. Like, this is my thing. We had that money. Bertuzzi's a cunt. Like, to go through, like, (laughs) just do that for a one-year, like, that kills me. But carry on. (laughs) Um, Like I said, Comfer signed a long-term deal with the Red Wings, the Islanders. Oh, boy. Um, Lou certainly has his own way of going through things. Uh, I mean, they were all extensions, right? So Sorokin gets eight years, 8.25 million. I think that's an incredible value for uh, a franchise goaltender. More expensive than Shesterkin, but we'll leave it there. Pierre Engvall gets a seven-year deal. I know the cap hits only $3 million a year, but even at $3 million, he's probably overpaid already. And he gets that for seven years. So that's going to be a buyout in about two summers. Scott Mayfield gets a seven-year deal. Nice defenseman. Nice top five, top six guy. Seven years, three and a half million dollars. Oof. And then Vorlamov, who's, I would think he's, what, 35 already? Yeah. He gets a four-year deal to be the backup to Sorokin. So you're paying two goaltenders $11 million a year. Yeah. Like, I'm not quite sure (laughs) what... uh, I mean, and then he got rid of longtime Islander Josh Bailey, traded him to Chicago. Chicago bought him out, so he's looking for a job. He's a he's a nice bottom six forward at this point in his career, but he should latch on somewhere. Um, Ivan Barbashev cashes in, stays with Vegas, uh, twenty five million dollars over five years. Um, and then some of the trades that happened. So Ross Colton was traded to Colorado by Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay got. Uh, a second round pick. Tyler Trafoli traded to the Devils for a third round pick. Jersey with highway Here, robbery on that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'm going to get to New Jersey in about three seconds. But uh, Pierre Luc Dubrois traded to the Kings and then signs an eight year, $68 million contract. The Kings gave up Gabe Velarde, Alex Alifalo, uh, fo- prospect uh, Kapari, and a second round pick. I like to trade for Winnipeg. Dubarro seems like a fucking cancer, so get rid of him. And then the Kings, you commit $68 million to a guy who's only signing because you're giving him the money. So I'm not quite sure, even with the term commitment, how committed he is to helping the organization. Um, the Avalanche traded Alex uh, Newhook to the Canadians. They're probably trying to hope they do the Kirby Doc thing all over again there. Kevin Hayes, this is an interesting thing, traded to the Blues for basically nothing. A six-round pick in next year's draft. Now, can, can, the initial yeah, trade... I'll have to ask you a question on this after I go through. Yeah, the initial trade was going to be Hayes and uh, Tra- uh, Travis Sanheim to St. Louis for Tory Krug, and I think that was it, right? There might have been one other piece, but... Yeah, and then the Flyers were going to f- flip Krug to the Devils 
But Krug blocked the trade because he didn't want to play for Philly or the Devils. He only wants to play for Vegas. And now St. Louis is stuck with a guy that they obviously made readily available and said that they're okay moving him. Vegas doesn't need to make a trade for this guy. So I don't know what happens in that scenario. And then the Flyers agreed to a trade to trade D'Angelo back to the Hurricanes, but they have to wait until later this month because they need to wait a full 12 months after signing him to trade him to the same team that he left. So a lot of moving parts for Danny Bria there, but you said you had some thoughts on the Hayes well, day, uh, well, deal. Well, my thing with the Hayes deal was, okay, so now Krug x it. And now you still send him there for nothing. Like, so now was he just beefing with Tortorella and that's what caused this? Because you legitimately got rid of him. They probably wanted out of that deal. I mean, maybe they want out of that deal, but at the same time, he was your best player last year. I mean, that's like winning the special. (laughs) I know, but I mean, like, that that was was (laughs) your best guy. And no one wants to take Carter Hart because he's awful. And now you're sitting there and you're like, oh, we'll just get rid of our best player and get a return. And you didn't get anything. Like, for, yeah. so much for rebuilding on the fly there, Danny boy. I mean, they were going to be getting anything, and they were going to be giving up Hayes and Sanheim. So, I don't know what they were going to be getting from New Jersey for Krug, but it couldn't have been much. Um, for Because otherwise, why wouldn't St. Louis just trade him to New Jersey? I, I don't know, man. That's... But, speaking of New Jersey, really quick. So, again... The Devils, before last season even started, you were hesitant to jump in on them turning the corner because they had they won the offseason before the previous season, and then they bottomed out. So they turn a corner this year. Hughes takes off all the young guys. The system, it connects. They may do with their goaltending. They still haven't really improved the goaltending there, um, even though there's been a lot of talk about Hellebuck uh, this summer, they then expand on that. And like you said, the steal of the Toffoli deal. Now, again, this is a guy in his mid-30s. He's not, I mean, he, oh, he put up, what, 74 points last year? So it's not like he's past his prime, but he's not going to be like the franchise guy, which is exactly why he's a perfect fit for New Jersey because he doesn't need to be the franchise guy. He just needs to be able to keep up with either Hughes or Heischer. Yeah. That's it. Uh, but their top six, actually, they lost Miles Wood, who at this point, it sucks because before that injury, he was like up and coming, like power yeah. forward. Uh, so they lose him. They lose uh, Severson. They traded his rights, but he left. He got overpaid in free agency, I think. Um, but okay, top nine Timo Meyer, Jack Hughes, Jesper Brat. Second line. Uh, where is it? Heischer, Toffoli, and Mercer. That's your top six. Now, if you're Boston. Mm-hmm. Which line are you focusing on? <laughs> uh, honestly, I go with the Mercer line. Uh, I think that is going to be the player that is going to be a killer this year. You now gave him the right people around him. He is going to be a killer this year. I cannot tell you what's over under for points for Mercer. He's going to get 80 this year, 80 points. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, the Devils, like, 
Fitzgerald has just been knocking it out of the fucking park. I know he wasn't the man responsible for Heischer and Hughes, but he's been knocking it out of the park ever since he came in. He basically solved the goaltending issue. I know I'm not a huge believer in uh, Vanacek or uh, Schmid, but it looks like he's looking to improve there. But yeah, Timo Meyer, Hughes, Brett, Palat, Heischer, Mercer, uh, Halla they kept on a short-term deal. Trafoli's there. Uh, they brought back Michael McLeod. Nathan Bastion's there. They still have Alexander Holtz coming up through the system up front. They made a trade. I know he's probably not going to develop into uh, what every, everybody expected, but they made the trade a few guys to bring in Bowers. So that's a nice little depth mm-hmm. guy for uh, the A. And then on defense, Hamilton, Marino, Siegenthaler, uh, Nemec, who is one of their, their other top prospects besides Holtz. Uh, they have Hughes, who got some time at the club in the playoffs last year. Kevin Ball, who's a nice third-pair defenseman. They brought in Colin Miller. Brendan Smith is back. Everywhere you look, the Devils are loaded, or if it's like not a franchise guy in that position, they just have like seven guys that can mm-hmm. fill in. The Devils are – I think the Devils are the best team in the Eastern Conference I agree right completely. Now. Like, if they get Hellebuck, they're cup favorites. Yeah, I think, and I don't want to say it the bad way, I know a lot of people have underestimated Vitek Vanacek. Uh, I've also been one. He's solid. He's solid, but I mean, I I don't think that's the guy that could win it for you, but at the same time, I mean, I didn't think fucking Aiden Hill was either. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I I like Jersey, as long as they can stay yeah, the as long as they can spot, stay man. healthy. I, I think, yeah, yeah, I think they run away with the Metro this year. Not even close. Run away with the East this year. As long as Timo Meyer and Jack Hughes keep their head up coming across the blue line when they play the Rangers this year. Yeah, I fine. think uh, I think that is your President's Trophy winner this year, the New Jersey Devils. Now, okay, let's do a matchup okay. line. The, it's game seven of the second round, Rangers versus Devils. The Devils go out, they're down one. or No, we're tied late under five minutes to go. The Devils can roll out a line that either has Jack Hughes, Timo Meyer, or Nico Heischer if they want to separate all three at any given time. Yeah, a little scary, huh? The Rangers... <laughs> The Rangers can roll out a third line that has Blake Wheeler or a fourth line that has Tyler Pitlick. I'll go with Pitlick. Like, like, again, Pitlick, he's signed for exactly what he's supposed to do. But the depth for the Devils pushes down guys who, if they were on the Rangers, would be on the first line outside of, like, Mika. Actually, I mean, to be honest, like, Hughes would replace... Mika is in one save, but I would take Mika over Heischer just for like a one game thing. Um, but yeah, that's what happens when you sign guys that are good, Jury. You put better guys further down the lineup. You don't have to sign fourth liners to play the fourth line. You get third liners to play the fourth line. Um, so that's a frustrating thing where the Rangers had their window. Uh, I know there was an upstart when they went to the conference final and blew it against Tampa Bay. Last year was their shot because 
Carolina is always going to be good. And then everybody even said before next season, if it's not this year, it's definitely next year. The Devils are going to start being a problem. And we're there. So now you're looking at a wild card uh, or 2-3 versus Carolina or Pittsburgh or whoever just to get the chance to play New Jersey. Yeah. So they missed their opportunity. And that's what's really aggravating where instead of looking at this offseason as a wake-up call, I know they got rid of Gallant and they brought in LaViolette, which is a safe choice. But they look at this offseason to make changes to the roster to get past New Jersey Tampa, whatever, and instead they're like, you know what, we're gonna hold Pat and just add a couple old dudes. Like, I, it's complacency, and I don't get it. I, I think Jersey's a problem. <laughs> yeah, you're basically playing to have home ice against Carolina. Puck drop on opening night—that's the goal for the Rangers. Home ice against Carolina in the first round, not to win the Metro, not to be the number one seed. It's Home ice in yeah. round one. <laughs> um, I think one team that's had a really good summer is Colorado. I agree. I mean, for, for what they added, for what they spent, uh, agreed completely. Adding Johansson makes them a lot deeper down the middle. Um, yep. I'm sorry. I just spaced for one second. It was, it was the bear. It made me burp. I mean, they make the trade for Colton, who adds some grit. And then one year, 800000 for Jonathan Druin, who I know has never lived up to the first overall pick. Or, yeah, first overall pick. He's been hurt. I think on a cheap one-year deal, if he – like, speed's never been a problem, even last year in Montreal. He had 26 assists, I think, in like 11 games or something like that. He's still talented. If he stays healthy – he can keep up on a line with McKinnon. And I think giving Thanks. him someone who has that ability makes his life a lot easier. Because like you said, now he doesn't have to be the guy. It is not something yep. that is hanging over his head. And he can just go there and play. And God forbid if they end up getting in a jam back there, Kill McCarr can rush it up the ice for you. Just get open. Get, yep. get open. <laughs> and and his partner, t- like... I know Colorado, they won a cup, and then last year they kind of went under the radar, and I know they were bounced early in the playoffs. But outside of Landis Cog missing this upcoming year because of the surgery, this is the same team that won the cup, and they have less mileage on them than they would have had like a team like Tampa Bay, which just kept going on deep runs. And then you add some youth and speed. You have Colton, who's going to play in your third line. You have Druin, who can, if he's healthy, he can play in your top six. And- Added miles um, to the mix of just meat on the bottom. Exactly. And their cap situation, they lost Eric Johnson, who was there forever. Eric Johnson went to Buffalo, too. So that's one of the moves that Buffalo's making to kind of get going here. Their cap situation is so good still. Gerard's coming back. Well, I was going to say, I mean. <laughs> oh, no big deal. Yeah, just a top three say, defenseman. <laughs> you look at their back end, and yet again, we always talk about health as to how important it is, but. McCarr, Gerard, Manson, Taze, Byram, Curtis McDermott, Jack Johnson. That's pretty good. That's yeah. Pretty good. So the cap is so good that I know this is going to come off bias. Their cap is so good, and they have the availability because Landis Cog is out for the year. He comes mm-hmm. back next year, which is, I mean, the cap goes up. Fucking make the deal for Gibson. <laughs> Or Hellebuck. Yeah, I mean. 
Like really go, really go all the fuck in, and then have them split time with Georgiev, have him be like the one B, and really hammer home the fact that you have all this cap Dude, space now. I would, because of I would ship IR. out Georgiev so fast and just keep Francoeur as just that one <laughs> B, and roll with that. See you later. Thanks for yeah. coming. Appreciate all the help. Like I wonder if Winnipeg. I know you said like, oh, we can trade Swayman as part of the Hellebuck deal. What about Georgiev going back? Like he's proven to be like a quality number one. He's not a franchise guy. He's signed. He's he's on term. Value's good, and you can probably get a little bit more out of Colorado. Like if I'm the Avalanche, like fuck it, I'm going all in this year. Like this is that shot right now to really get out of the West because besides Vegas, and who knows how much of that was just lightning in a bottle with Aiden Hill. No one else really scares me in the West, to be honest. Like, I know Edmonton, you have their offense is fucking prolific. But if they don't make a move for a goaltender and they bring back Skinner and Soup to split the duties, if I'm Colorado, I can take them. I can take the Kings and, and their current roster. I can take the Blues and the Wild. Like, who else is there to scare you? No one, really. I mean, I, Dallas. See, Dallas isn't even like. That's scary to me. Like Dallas is a team that could get hot, but they don't scare me. Yeah. Like who who knows what you're going to be getting out of Ben? I know he had a bounce back year, but he's also like 34 now, and he has a lot of tough miles on him. Tyler Sagan, like he's a shell of him for him former self. You bring in Duchesne, but he's mostly a winger now, not a center. Like, you have basically a bunch of centers who have played center in the past but are better on a wing now. Ben, Sagan, Duchesne. <laughs> so, Dallas is going to be there because of coaching, and they do have Heskinen, and Ottinger is a good goaltender. Like, they'll be in a playoff mix. But, like you said, if I'm Colorado, they don't fucking scare me. Like, if I'm Colorado, I'm playing for the final. Like, who do I need to add to my roster to help me compete against New Jersey, Carolina, Tampa, whoever? to Toronto to win a Stanley Cup. That's how I'm building my roster. I mean, at this point, I'm just going to pencil them in. I'm going to say Colorado and Jersey in the in the final. Rematch. Yeah, from, from, our, game from the glory days of the NHL oh, and the ESPN. Oh, be wild. <laughs> um, man, those are some good series they had. I think I decided on it, too. I'm probably... Way ahead of it. I'm, I'm going to just buy a Dawson Mercer t-shirt now. <laughs> the uh, Alex Tangay goal on the rebound off the Sackick shot in the final game seven. That Man, that was peak NHL. Like 95 through like 02 was like peak NHL for like national TV mm-hmm. and ESPN. And after uh, 22 uh, games, um, any other Raymond Mark! What a sellout. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any other teams or individual moves that kind of jump off the page at you that uh, you like? Uh, individual the other way. I do not like Seattle's moves. I know that some of the guys were moving, just uh, getting better deals. Carson Soucy and Geeky ended up leaving. But I don't think they replenished the way that they should have. So for a team that was in the playoffs last year, making it to the second round, I thought they could have had a little bit better of the you don't think Dumoulin is a good replacement I, for listen, Susie? I love Brian Dumoulin, <laughs> but just on age and miles, like Brian Dumoulin's beat up now. 
and and he's done it for a long time. He's yeah. good at it. Don't get me wrong, but I, I just think I, I, I like Susie. Susie. I think he's a young. I think he's a good kid. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. Hopefully, when they just RFA the guys and bringing back Borgen, Dunn, and Flurry will at least make me feel a little bit better. Yeah, they said that. I was reading that they the reason why they let go of Geeky was because they're just giving Shane Wright a spot. They're like, this yeah. is your spot. You're starting off as a 3C. Like, You're in the lineup now. Yeah, I was going to say. You can do. I think it kind of hit them, too. They have so many RFAs right now that they need to sign Berniers. They need Dunn. They need Kale Flurry. Um, Ely Tovalin, a guy that was fucking buried at one point, you know, high draft pick goes there and he blossoms last year. So I think there's just a lot of re-signing they have to do internally. But as for, yeah, uh, UFAs as a whole, they didn't. That was another guy, by the way. Another Last year when Nashville put him on waivers, I was like, the Rangers need to claim this guy immediately. And uh, (laughs) 1.4 last year with Nashville eating some of it. Yeah. They did sign uh, Yamamoto. Who was bought out by Edmonton? He's not. He, I don't know how you can flame out playing on a wing with either Drysaddle or McDavid, but he did. But he's a good defensive forward, so he might play on a third line chip. In I mean, maybe he was just there. able to read the writing on the wall, and he's like, "We're just never going to be good enough unless we get a goalie." And then maybe they didn't like that. <laughs> uh, but what are you going to uh, say? Carolina signings. I, I think bringing Bunting in there helps them tremendously. I like them bringing in Orlov, and maybe if they bring in Tarasenko officially, I I would really like that as well for them. I I thought they had a good thing. Pittsburgh, I thought. Yeah, they still need a goal scorer. Tarasenko's back, man. New shoulder, he's a new man. Um, well, that's what yeah. I mean. He's not signed um, yet. Pittsburgh, I thought Kyle Dubas for first go with Pittsburgh had a very good signing day. Uh, I know we talked about the goalie earlier. I've never been a big Jari fan. But the rest of the signings he brought in, I, I did like that. And kills me to say it. I mean, I, I think Toronto also did a very good job. So, Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh, they brought in Ryan Graves to replace Dumoulin, essentially. So that's a pretty significant upgrade. You get younger and more mobile uh, and a little more physical. So that's a good deal. They signed Matt Nieto uh, and they brought in Nola Chari. Uh, who cashed in after playing well for Toronto. The other thing is, I kind of another thing. I mm-hmm. need a prediction out of you. Alex DeBrinkett, opening night, where is he playing? Ottawa because he overplayed his hand or elsewhere for a long-term deal? I'm going to go elsewhere for a long-term deal. Pierre Dorian is too smart to get bent over. Um, we saw him play his cards. They did not work out the way that the cat thought it was going to. And I think that the way that just Dorian works, he'll cash in for draft picks. So, Mind you, they still have $9 million I don't know in cap was, space. And then if they get rid of him, I mean, they got plenty of room. Yeah. So I read, I don't know if it was Drager or one of the other guys on Twitter, like an hour before we started. It's down to two teams oh boy. for Debrinkit. It's the Islanders or the Hurricanes. I just don't know what either of them could give you in return. That's that's just what I don't know. 
my thing is, if Steve Eisman isn't all over this fucking kid, I don't know what he's waiting for. Like, you're, I know he seems he's turning into a little bit of a fucking diva here. But Young was yeah. 24, 25, 30-40 goal score, wants to sign a long-term deal. And, oh, yeah, isn't he from Michigan? I'm pretty sure he's from that way, yeah. So you have the prospects, you have the picks, you have the cap space. This is why you have those resources when a guy like this becomes available, you make that move. If Detroit doesn't end up with him because they didn't make the effort, that's a problem. If he just didn't want to go there, that's a different thing. But talking about what they had to give up, I mean, I know you want to win a cup if you're Carolina. Are you giving up? Like Marty Natchez after the breakout he had, oh, I, I Are you trading wouldn't. him, him one of your defensemen. Are you trading Jack Drury? Are you trading? Well, that's what it would um, cost. Yeah, I mean, Seth Jarvis. If you're Carolina, there's no way you can consider that being a good deal either way. Yeah. So I don't see that working. And then for the Islanders, if you if Ottawa, because I'm looking to make the playoffs. If I'm the centers, I don't, I don't want a 2024 pick as my haul. Yeah. Like that's it. If, if you're trading with dollars, who are you getting back? Like they literally have a fourth line spot given to Julian Gauthier. Like that's how lacking they are up front for roster players. You look at a defense who you want. Maybe you can get what? Noah Dobson. Are they going to trade him? You're going to get one Pollock or Pellick? One of those guys, like, I don't know who you're getting. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know either. It's like, and for Ottawa, that is, I don't want to say transitioning to a younger team. They are a younger team. Everybody there is old in New York. (laughs) Like, it's just one of those awkward things. Like, anyone that, because you're not going to get Barzell. Hold on. Joey, shut up. Sorry, the the dog is not cooperating today. It's a girl you kidnapped from this weekend, right? Hey, does this smell like chloroform? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the only guy worthy on the Islanders roster to get that's not a defenseman is Barzell. Well, yeah, just, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. So we'll see what happens there. I think it's going to have to get resolved pretty quickly because otherwise these teams are going to be like, we can't wait two more weeks here and let other free agents or other guys get Yeah, everybody else is going to walk. Yeah, so we'll figure that out pretty soon. Um, in terms of free agency and trades there. I mean, it's bare pickings at this point. So let's see here. There's my thing. If you pull the zipper down, you find it. Yeah. that's. <laughs> um, so in terms of free agents that are still there. So Tara Sanka, like we said, it was reported to Simon Carolina that's off. He's fired his agents. Who knows where he goes? He might still end up in Carolina. Maybe he ends up back in New York. Kane is a free agent. I don't think he's going to sign until November, December, until teams see how Agreed. he's from the hip surgery. Taze is still out there. He's probably going to take a one-year cheap deal to go to I'm a I'm actually surprised tender. no one put um, in on that yet, to be honest. Yeah. And then, to be honest, I mean, I like uh, probably uh, Suter who played with the Red Wings. I think he's like a very underrated, like two-way third-line center, but that's not really going to change anybody's 
season projections mm-hmm. if you bring him on board. Um, but outside of that, it's Matt Dumba, who hasn't been the same since he got fucking railroaded, and uh, Tatar, who's good for about 40, 50 points in a regular season, and then yeah, the, zero. Yeah, the big the tuna disappears. Yeah, I mean, Gurionov is bought out. He's still out there. Maybe you get a flash in a pan with him. Paul Yarvis, a uh, free agent. He wasn't qualified. Sunquist is out there. It's basically guys way past their prime looking to go to a contender. Guys who used to be good but are trying to bounce back from injuries or a bunch of like six, seventh defensemen and four flying forwards. So the free agent group has been pretty much the craziest part to me is when you look at it just for remaining cap space, there are people that still have plenty that that can do something. I mean, obviously I know RFAs are still in play, but then there's other people that are already, we're full here, but like we got no room for anybody. It's just kind (laughs) of crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically where is Tarasenko going to go? Where is Taves going to go? And then and healthy, where is Kane going to go? And then, like I said, the bounce back guys like Bailey and Dumba and stuff like that, which isn't going to really move the needle that much. So at this point, outside of those three or four guys, it's the trade market. What's going to happen with Debrinkit? And then whoever loses out on Debrinkit, what's their next move? And then we have a couple goaltender trades that happen still with Hellebuck and Gibson. And then Winnipeg still needs to move yep. Shifley. Um, so we'll see what happens. The other there. thing I, I just want to see going forward, and I, I know I'm really fast forwarding here, is next year's July one as to who previously signed an extension and who hits the market for top notch dollar. Yeah, because the context around it, in case you're listening, you don't know why we were commenting on everybody wants to sign one year to become free agents next summer is the cap's going to go up by like five to $7 million next summer. And a lot of teams have been planning for that. So there's a lot of teams that have a lot of money coming off the books. And then a lot of guys who are going to be coming off of contracts and there's going to be a Cash lot of movement money, next West summer. Side, bad boy killer. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. The last thing I wanted to touch on very quickly, and this doesn't have to do with free agency is the devil that will not die in the fucking desert. The <laughs> coyotes. So their arena proposal got shot down by the voters. The voters decided they'd rather have a trash dump in that spot than a multi-use arena and neighborhood uh, anchored by the coyotes in Tempe. Everybody thought once that happened, all right, that's it for the coyotes. They're going to be moving. Where are they going to move to? Is Bettman finally going to give up? Then Ryan Smith, the owner, not that Ryan Smith from the Oilers, uh, but, <laughs> but, Ryan, <laughs> but Ryan Smith, the owner of the uh, Utah Jazz, came out and said he's ready to buy, and he thinks Halt Lake is a great market for the NHL because of a lot of people have relocated there. There's a lot of Fortune 500 companies. The arena can handle a hockey, um, and the Winter Olympics are coming back, so there's going to be a brand-new arena for both the Jazz and a potential hockey team within the next two to three years, and he's a billionaire. He's like, so I'm ready. So everybody thought that was going to happen. And then news came out last week that the Coyotes are still committed to uh, Arizona. 
and they have four other proposals that they're working through in the greater Phoenix area. Where was it? It's uh, Scottsdale, Phoenix, Mesa, and Gilbert Corridor. Way to narrow it down. If you guys don't aren't familiar with that, that's about like a hundred miles. But like of this space. was their biggest problem um, in the beginning. Their biggest problem was that they ended up leaving Phoenix and they went to Tempe. And then everything I'm sorry, not to Tempe, Scottsdale. So everything was a ride. Nothing Glendale, I'm sorry. Uh, Glendale. Nothing was close, and that ended up being the problem. Because when they were in Phoenix, they were drawing attendance. Then they moved out there. No one wanted to do it. Now you're trying to just move them any so yeah, that's the problem up. was they changed the name from the Phoenix Coyotes to the Arizona Coyotes. So now it's gonna be anywhere in Arizona. So you're gonna hit the airport and then take a two hour ride to go somewhere. Like like all the teams are really <laughs> gonna be thriving for that. They better just build a runway in the desert so they can just get someone. I mean, at least they're on the right side of the Phoenix metro area this time, because Glendale was on the west side of Phoenix downtown, which is like I've been there. It's the middle of nowhere. Like, I went on a hot air balloon, and I could see where the Coyotes played, and then you just span all the way to your left, and then you see downtown Phoenix. <laughs> um, but they say that in uh, they anticipated, not anticipated, but they had a backup plan in case the Tempe vote was shot down, and they said that all four proposals that they have for the Phoenix metro area the Scottsdale area and the uh, Mesa, Arizona area all kind of bunched together. These options don't require approval from the voters. They just need to get approved by the mayor and the city council in those areas, and then it can start construction. Then why the the fuck didn't you do that? Yeah. Like, why spend a year and a half... Tempe, 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 Tempe. We're going to play an ASU for two years because Tempe, Tempe, Tempe... It's going to go up for a vote. Oh, it got shot down. Okay, we wasted another year and a half. So now we're going to spend another year going through the process to pick a site, put a proposal together, prove financing, uh, lobby to the mayor, lobby to the city council, and then wait for them to vote. And then if they vote no again, that's another year and a half from now that it's like, okay, well, now what do we do? But, Fucking but move them. They should have been moved move three years ago. They should have moved. What was that guy who had him then? Uh, they had to take it from him, and then Angel owned his yeah, team for I, like I know four exactly years. What you're talking about. And the other thing too, that poor like, guy who is the president there, the the, the little shorter uh, Gutierrez, Gutierrez, that poor bastard every time has to go up there and, and give them the <laughs> and to our fans at the whatever we're 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 coming back stronger <laughs> than ever. Fat, fat chance, pal. Like you might be fooling somebody else. You're not fooling me. And that's the thing. Like when they left and went to Glendale, that was the end of hockey in Phoenix. And that's Bettman. That's his one blind spot for the most part. Man, is the can't admit a loss. I know Phoenix is a huge market. I know Phoenix is booming in population. A lot of companies that moved to Arizona. If there was no hockey team, and they were looking to expand. I could understand why they would expand to Phoenix if they were playing in the Phoenix metro area. But you can't put the genie back in a bottle. The Coyotes to the locals there are a joke. They don't care about the Coyotes. All they know about the Coyotes are they were bankrupt like four different times. They've been sold like a million times since they've been here. They play in the middle of nowhere, and they suck. 
that's their reputation. There's no coming back from it. You have to move them. And to piggyback off of that, they're talking about expanding. How the fuck can we have 34 teams? Yeah, we should worry about the ones we have now before we're sporting the others. That and also then we have uneven divisions because you have 17 teams in each conference. So then it's like, well, we need to get to 36 then to make it. There's not enough no, talent. No, there's not. I'm sorry. Even with all the Europeans, there's not enough talent to have quality four lines, three defense pairs, and two goaltenders for 34 to 36 teams. I don't think we have enough for 32, but that's another story. Um, they can't expand. So they're talking about, oh, Atlanta deserves a second shot. And what about Houston? Atlanta's Fuck out. Atlanta. They out. Had there, there's no way you can really say Atlanta with a straight face at this point. Like, it is bombed. Yeah. Atrociously bombed. They're talking about, well, what about Toronto getting a second team? I'm like, there's no well, way like, this Toronto's is the thing, getting right? a second team. T- Toronto has the Maple Leafs that everyone lives and dies for, and they pay top dollar for in suites and everything else. And you know what? Great. Yeah. Does Toronto have the space and everything else and the resources for a second team? Yes. But they are going to be the Islanders of there. Like, they're going to be the ugly... The, yeah, they're, the they're going to be the ugly the stepsister. Like, you just got to be realistic with certain things, yeah. you know? like The Clippers. Yeah, so it's not going to happen. They're talking about, well, I remember I've been saying, like, the Coyotes are going to move to Houston because that's why they were moved to the Central Division and the Houston owners talked about mm-hmm. getting a hockey team. Salt Lake City works, too. So move them to Salt Lake. Call them the Utah Bees or whatever the fuck you want to call them. And then you move Colorado to the Central, and Salt Lake takes their spot in the Pacific, and then boom, we're done. I know Bettman's all about the TV market, and Houston's number four, and Phoenix is number five. That the, Remember what I said about Blake Wheeler? Sometimes it's not about the brand name, it's about the fit. And Houston and Phoenix and Atlanta are not a fit for the fucking league. Not no more. Phoenix would have yeah, been. Phoenix would have been fine up. if they stayed in Phoenix. Yeah, if they stayed in Phoenix, they'd be just as good as Tampa Bay. I believe that to this day. Like, they would have a... Well, it's crazy to think, like, when you look across the league, right? Tampa fan base, great. Nashville fan base, great. Uh, Florida, now that they're winning, got a lot better this year. But a lot of these other teams, like, Dallas's fan base is great. Dallas does well. They draw very well down there. Yeah. But it... Well, that, that helps always helps, but it's just <laughs> one of those things as to why do certain teams draw well and certain teams don't. I don't think we'll ever have a complete real answer to that because it bounces all over the place. But the fact that you would mention Atlanta however many more times after it hasn't worked however many more times is asinine. Like, like that's stupidity. Well, you know, here's my thing. I read an entire article, like, it's like a... 15,000 word article about why Atlanta would work because the first two times it wasn't done right. And the, the arena was not in downtown Atlanta and the traffic was so bad that even the players had trouble getting there because when they were an expansion team, the new guys didn't realize how bad it was and it just wasn't done the right way. But if it was done the right way this time, it would be perfect. You know what that reminds me of? The fucking socialists in politics that are like, 
I know it's been done elsewhere, but it hasn't been done the right way. If we do it right We're this here. time, it's going to be perfect. We're going nowhere. Yeah. And then they try it and it fucking fails and the, the country collapses and there's a civil war wherever it's tried. That's, that's hockey in Atlanta. It collapses and then there's and a fucking civil off. war. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So if I, I wish Bettman would just say, all right, enough, guys. Sorry. We're not trying again in Phoenix. We have to relocate you guys. For the, yeah. for the health of the league. Like, you guys, you guys are fucking up the hockey-related revenue. The escrow because you're playing in front of like well, that's another people. thing too that I don't ever understand. It's like escrow and money and league generated revenue is such a big thing, but they want to propose these things and it's like, do you know how idiotic this sounds again? <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, have they officially announced what they cap? It only went sure? up a million bucks. It's official now because I remember in like June they're like it could yeah be no they, they, they came up a million that was it uh, okay I remember when that daily said that he's like well depending on what the players want to do with escrow I was like just tell us I'm trying yeah. to build That's a because the players want to give you back more now yeah yeah <laughs> so anyway I know uh kind of rambled on there for a bit especially once I got to the whole Phoenix talk but. Um, I think that was a pretty good recap of free agency so far, especially the Bruins and the Rangers. I think for the most part, both of our teams, barring an unforeseen development that falls into their laps, uh, these are the rosters that they're probably going to enter training camp with. Um, and most of the talent in free agency has been plucked. So it's really just a couple trades, waiting to see what happens there in the fallout. And then it's summer break for the league until training camp. I just hope camp. the Bruins make trades the way I would, you know? If what would you do if all of a sudden tomorrow, right after we record, we finish recording, we hit stop, I edit it, and all of a sudden, three team, uh, fourteen trade. The Bruins have acquired Connor Hellebuck and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They're like, I, I, God I, damn it, I, we need to record I, I again. I told them to do this. He was listening. <laughs> uh, that's what happened the last time we recorded, and then like the next morning, the Rangers have hired Peter yeah. Laviolette. It's like Son we're of doing a it bitch. again. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not sure the next time we'll record. I'm not going to say this time next week. I know you have a vacation coming up. Uh, this time of year is uh, boom time for work for me. So flexibility isn't always there. But we will get one more probably mid-month just because that's when all the GMs and presidents and reporters like to go to Hilton Head and uh, Banff National Park to get their summer vacations in. So I think a lot of these open-ended questions are going to be answered. Yeah, I think when all the boys get together, week, we so. will finally get something out of them. <laughs> and then after that, it's just laying low. We can talk about uh, relocations and contractions and expansions and what would we change and what what would we do and, and here. Just, and just, just to get, get us back to, to Atlanta. <laughs> Yep. Oh Jesus Christ, dude. I've been I've been I drove through Atlanta. Even if the arena was in downtown, nobody's gonna fucking not the go. place. <laughs> not the place. Um but yeah, so that's pretty much it and we'll see what happens uh over the next week and a half and then we'll finish up a quote unquote off season recap before 
some fantasy subjects and then start getting into which I can't believe. Well, almost there, my friend. Previews. <laughs> well, everybody, yeah. as always, thank you. Next week or week after, sometime soon. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Don't get any more harm. Thank you.